Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday and happy last episode of Pride for 2022. But that's still not going to stop me from releasing and interviewing other queer creators slash people and releasing those, you know, but it is, you know, the last week of Pride for this year. So hopefully you had a great safe one. Uh, You still have, even at the time of this episode airing, a couple days left. So get out there and do your thing, you know? Today, I am um, ending with a queer author who is very nice (laughs) to have his team send me a copy of his book, uh, Renovated to Death, which, you know, we're going to jump into. It's part one in a series. It's a cozy mystery, and I'm all about coziness and mysterious. Mysterious? mysterious? I don't think that's a word, but any who's all. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good one. So let's get to the interview with Newfern Frank and go check out his book and books, really, because there's other books, but we'll get into that. So it'll make more sense after, you know, the interview. So let's get right to it. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Sunshine Steven podcast, new friend, Frank. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk to you. Likewise. I appreciate it. Oh, no, I appreciate it so much. Um, And happy Pride Month as well. Yes, happy Pride. As you can see, I've got my official Detroit Tigers Pride t-shirt. My partner and I went to the game last night. It was Pride night and the Tigers won and we got a free t-shirt. So all is good. Win-win. Yes. And it's my birthday this month. I was born on the eve of of Pride, uh, the eve of the Stonewall riots, though not the same year. Um, and so the odds that I would be a gay man were, you know, in my favors. Yep. It was was destined to be. And I celebrate my birthday the whole month. So. Oh, naturally. Yeah. Just kicked it off with the Tigers game. And we have pride in our city, uh, this coming weekend and pride in Detroit next weekend and going to a concert and going to another concert and lots and lots of uh, Friday stuff. Yeah, fun stuff too. Yeah, um, Jacksonville is weird where I'm at. Um, we don't have our Pride events until October. So. They did that last year here, um, maybe because it's just too hot down there. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I think I think that's we'll part of it, that. but I'm like, it's still hot in October in Florida, so I'm like... Yeah. Whatever. Um, Any hoozle. Um, I just wanted to give you a chance to kind of introduce reader, readers, well, people that should be reading your book, um, but listeners, um, who you are, what you're about, um, kind of your elevator speech, if you say want to say so. Um, that way I don't butcher it and get anything wrong. So take it away and let everybody know who you are. Uh, well, my name is Frank Anthony Polito. I am an author of several books. Uh, I hope Hope folks will remember me from my debut novel, Band Fags, which came out a long time ago in 2008. And then I won a Lambda Literary Award for the oh, sequel nice. called Drama Queers. Uh, but I have a new book out. It's the first one in 10 years almost. Uh, it's my first cozy mystery. It's called Renovated to Death. And in short, it's about a queer millennial couple who moved from New York to one of the guys' home state of Michigan, Mm -hmm. where they buy and renovate a 1920s house 
And they do it in front of a national television audience on a home renovation TV show that they host called Domestic Partners. And uh, when this book starts, they're looking for a house to renovate for season two. They get hooked up uh, through their neighbor down the street with a uh, pair of gay twin brothers. Um, I guess you don't have to say pair when you're talking about twins, but <laughs> yeah. twin brothers yeah. who, who own their parents' house. The parents have died. They own this house. It's been sitting vacant. And one of the brothers, Tom, decides it's time to, uh, you know, fix this house up make some money. He thinks doing it on national television for all the gays to see will help sell it when the time comes. The other brother is a little apprehensive, um, but they agree. And before the cameras can start to roll on season two of Domestic Partners, the guys go over to check on the house only to discover Tom, the eager beaver brother, lying dead at the bottom of the rickety old staircase. Uh, And you know, like in every cozy mystery, the police think, oh, it was just an accident. Nobody could possibly ever get killed in this quaint little town of Pleasant Woods, Michigan. Um, but little by little, it starts to look like, you know, this person didn't like Tom, that person didn't like Tom. Tom is 50 and he only dates guys who are in their late 20s. And as soon as they turn 30, he gives them the boot. (laughs) So he's got a trail of young ex-boyfriends, you know, on the, on the list. Um, And uh, he's got some ties to the gay mafia because he borrows some money to fix up his bar. So there are suspects uh, plenty and uh, it's up to the domestic partners to discover who did it. What a, first of all, drama. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Drama. Drama abounds. Yeah, that's always, and I actually was fortunate enough to receive a copy. It came yesterday. Oh, excellent. Um, but I'm lazy and have not started it. So that's all right. <laughs> Books will always be there. That's Ex- what I love about them. Exactly. They don't disappear from the streaming service and switch to another that you don't possibly subscribe to. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. But I, I will, and I've been known because I've interviewed several authors either in the middle of the book or not started the book, but then afterwards being like, here's my thoughts. <laughs> here's some feedback. Here's, but it's always good. I'm never like, well, I, <laughs> I like that. I really, really honestly like if someone reads the book, you know, if they're so compelled to reach out to me and, and share their opinion. And I hope the opinion will be positive. But if you're told that everything you did is great, then there's nothing you can do with that. So any, you yeah. know, constructive criticism, I'm totally open to it. I mean, I do receive critiques where they're like, you really named them PJ and JP. And I'm like, but it's a cozy mystery and that's yeah. what makes it fun. And it's like, Correct. I didn't, it's not like they're both named Steve because there yeah. are gay couples who do have the same name, you know, Yes, that would be very confusing. Um, but I do, I appreciate any yeah. feedback that anyone's willing um, to always. give. Always, I, I, there is, a, I don't know if he's going to listen to this or not, but he's been on the podcast twice now. Um, and I told him, I said, I did not appreciate you making a joke at Katy Perry's expense um, in chapter whatever it was. And he was like, well, that's the worst thing I've done in this book. I think I'm I'm okay. So if the worst yeah. thing you've done. And it's done... the character who's yeah. making the correct Katy Perry, not the True. author. And if, yeah. Yeah, if the worst thing you've done is name them names that people don't like, then still that's not, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, come on now. Um, One thing I actually did in this book that I haven't done, like, I don't expect you to know my other books. They came out a long time ago and you were probably very young. But 
I didn't want to fags. say, but <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Band fags was like the you know like yeah. I think the Frank Anthony Polito, the author of Band fags, will be posted on my tombstone if I had one. That's sort <laughs> of like how I was known. Um, my book got banned by Facebook because it had the word fag. They yeah. didn't realize it's the title of a book. It's a yeah, you know, it's an it, the story was set in the eighties, yeah, and it's it was an eighties thing, you know. Uh, but in the, that book, it was pop culture, everything, real mm. TV shows, real music, real songs. Every chapter was a title, uh, the title of a song with the lyrics. Um, pop, you know, that's what I did. Yeah. And a lot of people criticized me, you know, thinking that I must have did a lot of research and I intentionally threw that in. But no, that was me. When I when you're a kid, pop culture is everything, movies, yeah. TV, songs. Uh, in this book, I actually... Um, consciously chose to set it in a fictitious town. There is mm -hmm. no Pleasant Woods, Michigan. Um, my partner and I live in Pleasant Ridge, Michigan, which borders a town called Huntington Woods. So, you know, I combined the two. Um, but I, I intentionally didn't name um, real things. So like yeah. they don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. They watch America's Top Drag Superstar. <laughs> you know, that Ooh. way it's like people can laugh. And yeah, but, but if I do insult someone, it's not like... I'm going to be, you know, insulting your favorite songstress like Katy Perry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody that listens to this is like, well, don't hate on Katy Perry or Taylor right, Swift, right. but that's a whole other, <laughs> whole other topic. Um, yeah. I do. I am curious though, why a ten-year gap in putting something out where you're just like, I need to chill for a second, or what? Well, I'm happy that you asked that because <laughs> um, it's something I really have been eager to talk about. Mm -hmm. Writing book, I, I sound like such a baby when I say this, but writing is hard. Yeah. <laughs> it really is hard. Yeah. And unless you are a New York Times bestselling author, or you're Stephen King or, you know, Lisa Scottolini, or I don't know names that I could, can't pull out right now, yeah. but you don't make a lot of money. Yeah. You don't make your living writing books. Um, I have, you know, I have a second job, which is really my first job. And when we chose to move to Michigan in 2013, my partner is an actor. In the book, one of the guys is a writer, one of the guys is an actor. Um, and much like we did, they choose to move to Michigan mm. because, you know, you don't want to say, oh, my dream is silly, but you get to a point uh, when you're 35. I did it much later, but they're 35. But you get to a point where you're like, how long can I do this? How long yeah. can I live in a 700 square foot apartment mm. and pay $2,000 a month rent? I will never be able to buy a house. So we bought, we decided to move to Michigan. Here I go. I'm doing that long story short. No, you're good. And I said, I'm just going to live a normal life now. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to have a dog. Um, and I'm, you know, the writing, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, and so I stopped and I had trouble my last very last book is called the spirit of Detroit it's the third book in the Banfags trilogy as I call it uh, and I self-published it because even though I had published other books even mm -hmm. though I had won awards I don't have an agent I've never had an agent I've done everything on my own I've been very lucky um, but I was just like you know come on there's yeah. no point and at in April of 2020 right at the start of the pandemic I kept in touch with my editor. We're friends, you know, even though I'm not working or writing for him. But he reached out and he said, we have this idea for a cozy mystery with a gay couple who like, do you know, they solve the crime together and it's the couple. And and I think yours and Craig, my partner, your story of moving back to Michigan and mm -hmm. buying this house and fixing it up would be a good jumping off point 
So would you be interested in doing it? And without a word of a lie, if I had not been unemployed because I was literally unemployed for a year, I would have said probably no. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't have any money. I didn't have any uh, income. And I always liked, I didn't ever read Cozy Mysteries, mm-hmm. but I like mysteries. As a kid, I read Encyclopedia Brown, Agatha Christie. Um, you know, there's this very obscure musical called Something's Afoot. And mm-hmm. it's basically a musicalized version of 10 Little Indians that I love. And I always thought it would be fun to write a mystery. So I said, sure, why not? Yeah. And also cozy mysteries are very popular. Unlike gay fiction where they're neat, you know, gay fiction is very niche and yeah. you're only really going to get an audience of probably gay men who read it of a certain age. And I was hoping with this one, I'll, I'm, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was hoping I could make some more money off of it and, I mean, you know, yeah. reach, reach a bigger audience and, uh, and once I started working on it, it was really enjoyable. And he actually contracted me for two books. So, you know, that I've never written, like the other books are sequels, but they're not a series. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of a series where you can revisit the same characters in the same yeah. town. And, um, you know, but then in the mystery, you get this one little town where all there's all these murders all of a sudden. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, Eventually, the police are going to get suspicious, right? <laughs> like Angela yeah. Lansbury, everywhere she goes, someone right. dies. Um, but I just, you know, I thought it would be fun. Yeah, and I love to write. I, I want to be creative, and ultimately, it doesn't really matter how much money I make. It's just it's fun, and I like yeah. to tell stories. And not, so many people wish they could write, you know, publish a book, and I'm very grateful that I have and that I've continue to be asked to do so yeah and that that actually ties in two questions and we could expand more where I always ask you know what one what draws you to writing but then also what your writing process is like so for that writing process that's how it went and I I love me and my husband are obsessed we just about only watch horror movies and mysteries and stuff like that um so I'm always drawn to that and I've always wanted more, you know, queer representation when it comes to yeah. that. It's, uh, it's very, there's, I'm definitely not the only one, Yeah, but I'm one of a few and I'm hoping that there will be more because while you can enjoy a, mer- a mystery about a little old lady or a woman yeah. who's like a dog walker or whatever, when you read about the character that is, you know, closest to you as a human being, that's what makes it interesting. And we want yeah. to see representation Correct. in all media yeah. of our queer lives. Um, but you were saying um, what draws me to writing? Yes. Um, I'll try to say this quickly. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I was an actor. Mm-hmm. I moved to New York to be an actor. Um, I don't know why I thought it would, you know, like when I was a kid, I always wrote. The yeah. teacher would say like, she would give us a little card that had like the starting of a story and mm. you would have to like jump well, off from fun. that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she would say, write three pages and I would write 10. And my classmates loved <laughs> it because then we would read them aloud <laughs> and then that would take me all class to read the story or most of the class and then they wouldn't have to read theirs. But I always wrote, uh, when I was in junior high school, I wrote a novel, I called it a novel. Uh, and I t- cut sheets of paper in half and I typed it up on both sides Mm -hmm. and I glued it together and I drew a cover and I called it a book but I never thought like 
I'm going to grow up and become an author right. because that was just something people didn't do. That was a yeah. silly dream. So I decided I was going to become an actor, which, you know, like that's any more practical. <laughs> yeah. um, but then after I was living in New York for a while, uh, I was acting, but I was doing off, off, off Broadway and extra work in movies mm. where I, my biggest claim to fame is that I served salad to Meryl Streep in a scene with William Hurt and Renee Zellweger in the film, One True Thing, if anybody's seen it. Uh, I'm the waiter in the maroon jacket serving Meryl Streep salad. I mean, that's a pretty good one though. <laughs> like, yeah, and that was a great experience because there were like five people on the set and Meryl Streep talked to me and she was very kind. And, um, uh, but you know, I, I wasn't finding a lot of plays that interested me. And I was in this theater company and we decided to write our own plays. And I decided to write a play that would have a role in it that would be a story that I would like to act in as an actor. And so I wrote this little play about me and my best friend growing up, my gay best friend, growing up in the 80s, metro Detroit suburbs. Um, and uh, that became the basis for my novel, Banfags. Mm -hmm. uh, my editor read the play and he thought it would make for a good book. And he asked me if I would write it. And I did, and then I wrote a second one, and then I wrote a third one, uh, and I, you know, and now I'm, I think I'm on my my fifth book now. So, which is awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, and I'm very fortunate, and it's really, you know, anyone out there who aspires to write, yes, write, um, but you also have to, you know, make relationships with people, and you mm -hmm. have to find people that you connect with. Yeah. And I don't want to say it's like all about luck, but Part of it is, you know, and don't give up. Uh, I'll, I was just pitching another novel. I'm trying to get an agent and I sent out 12 query letters and three of them did not respond and, and seven of them rejected me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no one wants to take their 10% off of my cozy mystery. Okay, you know, cool. next. Yeah. I'll move on. Um, you just, you have to do it because you enjoy it and because right. you like it. As much as I say it hurts my brain and I hate, it's like beating your head against the wall. And uh, I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like you're somehow typing into um, my brain because the next question I always ask is um, partly for me, but then for anybody that's listening, that's a writer, advice that you would give to other writers. And you just gave that. So that's <laughs> really yeah, awesome. Though. You know, and it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Like these, these, these agents will reject me and it's such a form letter and they're all like, please understand. I know this is yeah. hard, but please understand this is just one person's opinion. But to be perfectly honest, if that person said yes, but they didn't feel strongly, you wouldn't get the attention that you need or that yeah. you deserve. And it would do you a disservice to be with them anyway. So yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm not going to not keep trying to get an agent, but yeah, at yeah. this point it's kind of like, well, why do I need one? But you need one because, you know, I aspire to have like all writers to have my books turned into movies because mm -hmm. I'm a, I have a degree in screenwriting. Uh, and for my first book, I thought, oh, I'll just publish a book and then someone will hear about Somebody it. Somebody will, yeah. And then someone will turn it into a movie. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> but if you have an agent, like that's their job. Yeah you know, to make that happen. So uh, I still, in the back of my head, hope that someone will hear about this book and yeah. want to make it into a movie. Um, we can put that in the universe. It's in the but universe. It's not somebody will. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm at an age now where I know like the odds of that happening are less than 
that they are. Right. So I expect the worst and hope for the best. Yeah, that's always a good, me and my therapist torture on that. <laughs> I always yeah. am like, worst case scenario. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, my favorite book is The Mysteries of Pittsburgh by Michael Chabon, which came mm-hmm. out in 1988. And they made a movie of it that I did not even see because they totally degate it. Um, well, they didn't totally degate it, but they degate it. Mm-hmm. And, but that didn't even come out until 2006. See, it so can, that yeah. was, a, so maybe one day, some years from now, some young up and coming director will find my little book on a used book, you know, table somewhere and love the eighties or whatever, or love yeah. cozy mysteries and decide to turn it into a show. You know, I mean, did, I don't know if you saw uh, the one about the girl who plays chess, I, it's escaping me right now. And Netflix, the qu- that's, uh, Queen's Gamut. Yeah, that yeah. book was written like 30 years ago or something. Yeah. You know, it took that long. I hope it won't take 30 years because I'll be an old man at that point. <laughs> but, um, you know, better late than never, I always say. Right. Yeah, it is very, I've been down the the rabbit hole uh, trying to get an agent and then I just stopped. <laughs> I was like, this is depressing. <laughs> Either they're not responding or they're like, oh, this is great. But, and I'm like, and even if yeah. them saying, oh, this was just one opinion. And I'm like, yeah, but I got like six of those same opinions. So right. is that me? Yeah. Um, but maybe number seven or maybe number 70. Yeah. You know, it sucks. But if you really want it, you keep going. Yeah. Find that person that you can connect to uh, on a personal level, which is yeah. what I did. And, um, you know, I'm very lucky. And I, and I know that. And um, I don't ever want to like, you know, you, you hear about those actors. Oh, well, I would, um, Chris, what's his face from Jurassic Park? Is it Chris? There's so many Chris's. Chris, uh, Chris Pratt. I'm yes. really good at that. Oh. My husband is horrible. So he's like the, that one guy with the face and that movie with it. And I'm like, Chris Pratt. <laughs> like, yeah, well, got he, it. you know, you probably heard the story. He was like a bartender in Hawaii yeah. and Rosario Dawson just happened to be sitting there having a drink and thought he was hot or cute or funny yeah. or whatever. And now look at him. So yeah. it just takes that one person uh, you have to find them. And if you don't ever just enjoy the ride and I'm saying all this, like I I would take my own advice. (laughs) I think it sucks and I hate it and I want it to happen, but, um, just, you know, remind yourself of that. Yeah. I definitely need to, now that we're talking about this, I feel like I'm having a therapy session where I'm like, take my own advice and (laughs) get back on it. Cause I stopped. I was like, I'm done submitting this, um, so I'm just going to write, I actually, for my blog now, I'll write, um, I say it's like Gossip Girl and Scream, but gayer. <laughs> so it's gay horror. And that's yeah. what I'm put, trying to put it out into the world. And is it y- YA? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> it's it's a bit nice. mature because okay. I just can't. It's, it's really hard for me. And I love YA, especially now. And I've talked about this before. I feel like growing up um a lot of us never got that so it's like even though this is young adult you know that's why you have like 30 year olds and 40 year olds that are like i'm still gonna read this even though yeah you look on amazon amazon sometimes i cried in every episode every episode of Heartstopper. i cried oh I because was... they have the life that i could never have correct yeah and i was like and they're brave. and then i read the book <laughs> yeah i yeah. literally it, <laughs> And my husband, I love him, but he is, he's the polar opposite. We're both Pisces, but he's on the one spectrum of strong will, like, no, and I'm the, I'm going to sit here and cry. So I cry and he would walk in and be like, 
are you okay? And I'm like, it's just, and he's like, all right, keep watching. He's like, keep watching that gay show. And I'm like, you're being homophobic. (laughs) But yeah, I, I cried every, I, and I'm, I'm glad there's two more seasons of that. That could be a whole other episode that I go through. Uh, But yeah, I'm glad that there are more books like this and more, like you said, there's not many cozy mysteries with queer representation or anything like that. So that's why I'm eating it up so much. And I always joke, but I'm being serious. Like I want to interview all the queer authors and get them out there. So people know like, Hey, there's, this is out here. Yeah. Let's, let's read it. Let's start making moves and progress, especially in Florida. Um, even though now that I think about it, it's really sad that they probably won't, they won't have these books available for young children <laughs> in school. Yeah. But they will find them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think back to, I'm like, (laughs) I was a reader, but even I, I was like, yeah, I read not, not the things in the school library. Uh, One question that I always like to ask, and you don't have to always preface it by saying you do not have to feel obligated to choose a family member or (laughs) because I, I haven't said this before and people are like contacting me afterwards and said, my grandmother got so upset because I didn't say her. And I'm like, well, okay. grandma, sorry. You could say whoever <laughs> you like. It could be a group of people, anybody like that. But I always like to ask who inspires you and why? And it could be multiple people. It could be whoever you think. You're like, nobody. No. Specifically, if, like within my family or anyone? It could be anybody. I'm just that you don't have to feel obligated to say, I, you know, grandma, because of it could be anybody. Got it. Well, I will say this. Anyone who's read my first book, which is based on my life, will know that my parents were, my father was, I guess he was 17 years old and my mother was 15 years old when they got married. And um, I'm doing math five months later. So (laughs) what does that tell you? I was born uh, and I am now of a certain age. I, I, uh, don't like to give it away, but in, look on my IMDb and you'll see my age. Right. And then you'll look on my IMDb and you'll see my age and then remember that that's my actor age, not my real age. But um, my parents are still married oh. a long time later. And my partner and I have been together for longer than I bet you've been alive. I don't know how <laughs> old you are, but my partner and I, our time together equals the age of a millennial. Um, I don't really know what the age of millennials are, but we've been together since college. And his mother passed last year. Oh, oh the answer is my parents, but uh, <laughs> his mother passed last year and he, they had been married. They would have celebrated, I believe, their 65th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. So our parents, both of our parents have longevity in relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a gay couple who are together for decades uh, is you know, I don't like to think we're special, but I think, you know, it's, it's a unicorn moment. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing to be proud of. And, and I think whether we set out to like have this long relationship when we met or not, I think we were both informed by our parents and the fact that you don't give up on your Mm -hmm. relationship just because, uh, you know, someone looks at another person or says some, another guy is cute or, you know, more serious things have happened, you know. Uh, and so my parents, especially my mother, gay man being close to his mother, how unique is that? But, you know, they inspire me. And I actually wrote a book um, 
a young adult novel that I self-published in 2012 called Lost in the 90s. Mm. Uh, it's, it's about a 18 year old kid in 2012 who, um, travels back in time to 1994 when his parents are in high school and his mother is pregnant for him. And it's his job to like, make sure that they get married so that he can be born. And I dedicated that book to my parents, not because that's the story of their lives, but you know, the, the parents in that story are very that, important. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like my mother is, I have a friend, my best friend, one of my best friends, who there is a larger gap in age between he and I than me and my mother. Like me and my mother, we could be, siblings really um but it's not like we're bffs but i know that she's still my mother it's yeah. just you know i'm I, I i won't even say like she gave up her life for me yeah. because she said many a time she just wanted to grow up and get married and have a family and she mm -hmm. did it a few years sooner than she thought she would uh, have. yeah um so yeah definitely to answer your question <laughs> my parents inspire me well, that's good. That's beautiful too. A couple takeaways from that. I always love hearing um, not even longevity of relationships, but especially gay relationships, because uh, me and my husband actually next week it'll be five years of marriage, and I'm like we still haven't killed each other. Look at us. Yeah, now. happy anniversary. We Dang. are not married, and I don't know what we're waiting for. <laughs> um, but I feel like if it works for Goldie and uh, Kurt, right. And that's the, that was the bigot, but then uh, being a millennial <laughs> and being like, no, I want this because it, people yeah. fought for it and everything, but yeah. teach their own. Um, but I think it's funny. One thing that <laughs> in the beginning of our relationship, it was very, even before we were engaged or anything, it was like, who is that guy? Why are you looking? And now we're like, let's talk about Harry Styles. <laughs> like, right. let's talk about this together. Like, Well, that's one thing we get to do, you know, we yeah. get to talk about, the, you know, we have, Craig and I have different, in, different uh, men that we find attractive, but there are yeah. many that we do. And, uh, and, you know, we, we, we share our, it's opinion. fun. We were just on a dog walk and we saw a very good looking man <laughs> jog by with a shirt off. And we were both like, he's like, oh, yeah, called in me ahead to make sure I turn around and you know it's like should fun. we go that way he actually or... said that he grabbed the one dog and started <laughs> let's go um, this way that see yeah. that's always fun though me and me and my husband we have very for us to agree like hairstyles we both agree <laughs> but sometimes I'm like oh I can't even think of anybody right now that I'm like oh they're so beautiful they're handsome and he's like ew gross and I'm like what <laughs> yeah so it is fun um but I do love you know, because it's so rare too. It's a unicorn thing to hear about folks staying together for long. And that's one thing I've noticed. I'm actually going to interview my husband for our anniversary um, for June. It, being in long-term relationships and marriage, anything like it's not the easy, <laughs> like there are times where it's really rough. And so for people to like, I don't want to say stick it out. Cause that sounds really, that's like a negative connotation yeah. to, but I feel like, but to withstand the time <laughs> yeah. together and everything is so I just love it I find it inspirational and like like oh gosh I, I I aspire to be that because and that's one thing too me and my husband both come from you know his mom divorced his dad when he was younger I was an orphan at 16 so <laughs> no love happening there so it, it we find we're like we had that conversation like hey 
like we're gonna be in this to win it or else I always joke with them I was like oh no I will <laughs> go to the grave there is no going back <laughs> once That's I'm good yeah yeah but I'm glad to see um parents as yours that are able to have that you know lasting love and everything it makes me I'm such a romantic at heart my husband's like, I am too <laughs> I really am which is awesome though but good parents are always you know great inspirations in life I'm gonna get my notes so the next part this is always my favorite part rapid fire questions that are just silly and not meant to be taken too too serious but some people do um hopefully you have an answer to all of them because there's been a couple folks where I'm like hey what's your favorite movie they're like "Mm, I don't watch movies and I'm like okay next I guess like what do you do so I have two that I created for you specifically and then I have a deck of random cards with questions on it um so the first one pertains to you if you could renovate any celebrity's house who would you renovate me I'm horrible at this my husband he's the renovator like I'm like I don't care. I'll just go there and pretend like I'm doing something, whatever celebrity is, until they realize I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I honestly don't know really about many celebrities' homes. Um, it really is just to be close to the celebrity. Right. <laughs> like... If I had to choose, uh, who is my fav- current favorite right now? Um, well, I have not watched a show called Reacher on Amazon yet, Reacher. but I did read his little workout in Men's Health. Um, he's six foot four, like 200 pounds. He's like, a, I don't know, ex-military. He's a mm-hmm. very, very handsome man. So if I could go and renovate <laughs> yeah. his house or maybe watch him renovate his house yeah. <laughs> with me. Can you show me your workout? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... I would renovate his house. Um, Reacher on Amazon. I keep saying I'm going to watch it, but then I get detracted by young adult shows like Stranger Things and Heart and Heartstopper. Let me reach it. I'm going to write that down. Um, yeah, I have not gotten into Stranger Things, and I don't know why. I, it's funny, though, because, I, I mean, like you said, I don't really have favorite celebrities or actors or movies. I have favorite movies that certain actors have been in. Like, I love Mystic Pizza, mm. and I love Lily Taylor in Mystic Pizza, yeah, yeah. but I don't really like Lily Taylor in really much of anything, anything else. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that way about, yeah, certain things. Um, speaking of renovations, three things. If you were to have your dream home, no limit. The budget does not exist. You can do whatever you want. What are three must-haves in that home? Uh, well, I would love, we live in a 1924 Craftsman Colonial, but I would love a 1920s Craftsman that has the little triangle peak oh, yeah, on the yeah, front yeah. with cedar shake and real wood and everything would be all the woodwork would be natural like you can see here i'm in Mm. my sunroom we have all this natural woodwork that i've refinished um over the last nine years but one room someone painted it with lead paint probably in the 80s so i don't know how i'm going to fix that but in my dream home every room would be um you know wood like this Mm -hmm. we would have uh we would have windows that push out, I call them, they're casement windows. We would have uh, a fireplace with um, the bookcases on either side. Uh, we, one thing I didn't say, my partner and I, we were on House Hunters. Um, that's where we found our house. And we had this list of must-haves 
And a lot of them we didn't get, but we still love our house. But I would love those bookcases. I would love slightly larger rooms, but mm-hmm. I have no desire to have like a huge house because I would rather have a pristine 1920s house with, you know, um, beautiful floors and that didn't need to be renovated. Yeah. We're like real, win- the real original windows, right, right, right. wood windows, not these crappy vinyl ones that somebody put in. I would just love to have it like, like the day it was made. Yeah. Um, Makes not, sense. you yeah. know, not fixed up. I would love, a, I would love to have a, the original kitchen and the original bathroom. We don't have that in our house, but uh, most everything else is pretty much like it was, oh, including the electrical and the plug and the, and the switch light switches. So oh, that worries me sometimes. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, don't think about it too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the the downfalls because we love um, older homes and things like that. But I'm always like, what if what if there's lead paint? <laughs> what if there's you know the electrical's not up to par or anything like that? But yes, yeah. still house hunting is very fun, and we are yeah. we are obsessed with house hunters, <laughs> but we get very critical, <laughs> acting like we could even half the time. I'm like there's no way we could even afford that. We're like, mm, no, that's that I could not do that. And I'm like, I don't think it, I, we're not in any position to be that picky. Yeah, We were very typical when we went on, you know, we wanted the kitchen with the granite countertop and stainless yeah. steel appliances. And we want, and I feel like if we could do it again, mm-hmm. I would say, I want shag carpeting in every room. I want laminate countertops out of this. Like I would just go the total opposite, opposite yeah. just to be different. And then in the end, you know, end up with what everyone else ends up with. But yeah. um, but it was fun. And if anyone can, I've had people tell me they've looked up the episode and they've found it. I don't know where they're finding it, but it's from May 5th, 2014. And it was called Two Guys Move Back to Their Native Detroit. And I really wish they would have called it Two Gays Move Back to Their Native yeah. Detroit. But Two Guys Move Back to Their Native Detroit. Um, and people have told me they found it. So if you can find it I was and, say, and you can watch it. Uh, I'm going to try to find it because I'm one enjoy. of those internet sleuths that are like, I will find it somewhere. <laughs> I posted it on YouTube originally and they took it down and made me go to copyright violation school. So of course, uh, so I took it down. They are. They, I don't even know who they are, but right, whoever they are. <laughs> Rude. Uh, okay, let me flip through and find some random ones. What it, <laughs> I don't know if I want to ask this one. <laughs> what do you think the best thing is about getting older? <laughs> well, it's a cliche, but getting wiser. And if I could only knew, know what I knew, knew then, what I know now. Yeah. Um, but one thing kind of goes back to like my looking for an agent and my mm-hmm. not, you know, like you sort of realize I won't say it is what it is and you have to like give up, but you realize like, I could get this movie deal for my book and it might be great, but I might not get it, but it's okay if I don't. Right. You know, like you realize like the world's not going to house and having a dog and having a partner is more important than like being an influencer or, yeah. you know, be, sometimes I think that I, my lack of success or not getting exactly what I wanted is the universe's way of sparing me from, you know, all that craziness and the shallowness and yeah. whatever goes, <laughs> goes along with it, selling your soul out, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and getting older, you, you realize um, 
you know, it's, it's just life, but you also don't have to get old. Like I do not act my age. Uh, the character in my book, who's me essentially is 35 years old. I am not 35 years old, but he is me because everything he believes in and does, I do, you know, uh, I'm in better shape than I've been, than I was in my twenties. Uh, I don't drink as much, you know, which is something that I learned. Like, I just don't like the way I feel the next day. So you, you know, you, you, you do older, you get wiser and you've been there, you've done it. And yeah, we, we always joke because <laughs> I'm like, gosh, these I'm, are rapid fire and I'm just talking. talking no, you're so good. It, no, it's totally because I, then I interject. I always, uh, we've joked before too. Like, God, I remember like 2021, like I could stay up all night drinking. Da, 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 and now I'm like, mm, I'm almost 30. So a glass of wine, that's a, that's risque on a, we say school night, like on a work yeah. night. And I'm like, I don't want to be, have a headache tomorrow. Like, mm, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> just- you learn, like you, you, you learn like what's best for you. Right. Um, uh, oh, I was going to say something really quickly, um, but I forget. I'll think of it. I threw you off. I probably- no, it's okay. So Next rapid fire. <laughs> if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh, Berlin. And I'll just give a quick reason why, because I would have said Paris, but I've actually gone to Paris. But my favorite band, again, not really my favorite, but there's this German band from the 80s called Nana, and they had mm-hmm. one hit called 99 Love Balloons in yep. the United States. <laughs> but she is literally the German Madonna or the German Kylie Minogue. Uh, she is huge. And I have like, I don't know, 10 or 12 of her CDs. And I've always, I saw her in New York. She played New York finally a few years ago, but I've always wanted to go see her in her native Berlin. And I love the movie Cabaret and I love Christopher Isherwood and I would love to go to Berlin. And I had some friends, we had a gay couple of friends who lived there for like five years. We were supposed to go visit, but we were like too poor to do that. So we didn't and now they live in Seattle. So we're screwed. Berlin. Tis life, Berlin. Uh, How, (laughs) some of these are, so I have to admit the, the, the deck that I have now is actually, um meant for a children's hospital because that's where I work um so how were you brave today um I wore this no I wore this (laughs) rainbow colored t-shirt how was I brave today I don't know because I'm a bit of a coward I will it's I will say mostly um I was brave yesterday by going to Gay Pride Night at Tiger at the Detroit Tigers, Boom. where there were a lot of hate-filled um, comments on the Detroit Tigers page of when course. they posted that they were having Pride. Uh, but I went and I wore my this shirt that I have okay. on this Detroit D with a rainbow on it. Uh, Craig and I didn't like hold hands and skip or anything, right. but you know, because we grew up in an age where like we would not. Every once in a while, when we lived in New York in our twenties, we were brave late at night and we would hold hands like in the east village where everyone else was gay but yeah um it's still at my age it's sometimes it's i live in that little bit of that fear that i might get beat up for being, oh yeah for being a homo and so um going to pride is my way of being brave yesterday yeah well that is brave, and i it, it's sad that yeah. we still even at our age we still don't like we even we went on vacation. I was like, Jamaica has very interesting laws. 
we're brothers while we're here. Like we are not holding hands. We are like, what up, bro? Um, yeah. yeah. Do you like to play video games? If so, which ones? Yes, not so much anymore. Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man were my favorites when I was a kid. Um, I actually work in the mobile game industry. I direct mobile video games. I don't necessarily play them, um, but I like the old school. I like the Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Frogger, Space Invaders, the things where like you have one controller and one button to press. Uh, But I used to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on PS3 with my nephew in like 2003. (laughs) I um, unfortunately, RIP, played Frogger in real life. Actually today, I just saw it. I saw a frog in the road and it just jumped. And then I heard, and I was like, not Frogger. (laughs) Oh God, poor thing. I was like, oh no. this is an interesting one. I, I couldn't even answer this. Would you rather play in the snow or in a swimming pool? Well, I live in Michigan and it snows a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, it doesn't snow here, so <laughs> I have no idea. I would probably say the swimming pool because that means that the weather is warm and the sun is shining. I'm not, I'm a cancer. So I'm supposed to be like water driven and want to mm. live near water and spend time in water. When I was a kid, I loved it. I would like get waterlogged and I'd go to sleep at night and I would close my eyes and I'd feel like I was still like swimming. Yeah. Um, but I don't do it as much anymore. I don't allow myself that luxury. So, but I would like to, you know, just like float on a raft in the sun yeah. and close my eyes and get a tan. Yep. I does not snow here. <laughs> so when I, we lived in Charlotte, quote unquote snowed, but everybody that I'd had actually seen snow. I was like, this isn't real. Like, it wasn't sticking. It didn't pile up or anything. So I don't know how I would react in actual. So I'd probably freak out just like every it's nice, Floridian. <laughs> but when you have a house, you have to shovel it yourself. So yeah. living in New York, it was always nice because someone else would take care of it. Um, well, it is, yeah, if you have a, yeah, no, I don't, don't put me down for anything outside. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nope. Uh, I just think of it as my exercise and then I don't have to go to the gym that day oh that's true yeah oh i do yeah that is very true <laughs> like i took the trash to the road that's my exercise i don't know what to do anything else oh i'm lazy um uh, next question that i always i ask every guest this because i'm very big on mental health and breaking stigma um so if you're willing to share what is something that you do that you that you do to keep your mental health in check well I remember you actually putting that in when I looked, you know, I looked up your sample things and I, and I remember you asking that question. Mm-hmm. And I do, I will say like serious in seriousness, uh, you know, I read my horoscope every day. I'm into mm-hmm. astrology, but I don't really know that much about it, but I believe that I personally am affected by the changes in the moon, in the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have some days where I am in such a good mood and other days when it's so down and the days when I'm down, suck and I just like it sounds so silly to say but I, like I just remind myself that like tomorrow is another day yeah you know it's much kind of like when I'm being a gay kid growing up you know I wasn't bullied but I wasn't you know I was teased and then I heard the f word and not yeah. the f word but you know the title of my book yeah. a lot <laughs> but in a derogatory way before the it's get it gets better movement mm-hmm. I, you know, reminded myself that this, 
too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've never sought out a therapist. I know that I probably should as an artist, you know, have someone to talk to. But I just like, I really, I just tell myself like, tomorrow is another day. Yeah. You know, it, and it does, it usually yeah. does. Thankfully, I haven't ever gone into a spiral and not been able to get out of it. Um, and I know I, you know, not to drag everyone down, but like mental illness is a thing in my family. My mm-hmm. grandmother um, suffered. She lost her husband in the war and mm-hmm. long, long story. And she ended up in a mental hospital at one point. And, you know, so I know that it can get bad for people and I have yeah. to consciously not allow myself to let it get bad, you know? Yeah. Um, I just, just like tomorrow is another day and exactly it will, it will get better. Uh, and eat well, seriously, and exercise oh, yeah. and, and don't drink too much and take care of your body. Uh, yep. It will take care of your mind. That's something I'm learning as well, too. We keep going back to age and being wiser as you grow older, but I feel like I'm learning all that now because it's catching up. But I'm like, maybe I shouldn't eat um, all this chocolate for dinner. I should probably eat a solid meal. And not like... yeah. and, and having a partner really helps that, too, because um, Craig, he had a job where he would go out of town a lot. Mm-hmm. And when he was away, I was like, I don't, he cooks a lot. And I was like, I don't want to cook. I'm just going to have like scrambled eggs and I would eat scrambled eggs like every night because I knew I needed to eat something, you know, You're better than or I, I would just be like, I don't need to eat. Or uh, I used to use the excuse, well, he's out of town. So it's my chance to see my friends and go out and drink and stay out yeah. late and do all that fun stuff. I don't get to do when he's around because I have to be responsible. Yeah. And um, the pandemic was sort of a blessing in disguise that way because he got to stay home and I got to be home. And all of a sudden we're like, we couldn't go to our gym, but we're like doing, you know, exercise stuff we found on Instagram and yeah. listening to uh, Lady Gaga and, and Dua Lipa and on our patio that we built in our backyard the year before, you know, anything to take care of yourself and you do, yeah. you feel better, you know, your, your life might not be as fun, you know, but, and you don't get, I don't get to see my friends as much, but I, when I do, it's, it, it makes those times more yeah more special yeah more impactful yeah my yeah my husband was just out of town and I do the complete opposite where I'm like cool <laughs> I'm gonna eat water burger I'm gonna go eat this like stuff that he's like I don't want fast food fried food and I'm like <laughs> now's my chance yeah and then he gets back and I'm like I ate salad every single night <laughs> <laughs> promise he's like i see the big geek out you're not fooling anyone so yes eat eat right everybody i'm gonna be better promise uh recommendations um for movies music tv shows books podcasts anything that you recommend um it doesn't have to be anything new it could be something that you just discovered or any time that you get a chance to tell somebody you need to put this into your life what would you recommend well, since we're priding here, we're talking yeah. pride, you know, uh, I, I mentioned Heartstopper. If you haven't seen it yet, watch it, read the books. I've only read the first book, but um, I, I, you know, not to get off topic, but I, I wrote this script, the screenplay. Mm-hmm. It's a modern day take. Anyone out there listening? It's a modern day take on the John Hughes movie from the 80s called Pretty in Pink, mm-hmm. um, except she's trans and mm-hmm. her best friend is gay. And her mentor is a black drag queen. 
and I wrote the script and I got very, got very close to having it as an actual Pretty in Pink modern day remake, mm -hmm. um, but it fell through. So I still have the script, but I decided I want to turn it into a graphic novel. So that's how I came to Heartstopper. I started reading graphic novels. Yeah. Um, so Heartstopper for TV or movies, um, books, as I had mentioned, The Mysteries of Pittsburgh, it's from 1988. So it's older than maybe a lot of your listeners have been alive, but I recommend it because it's the story of a young guy. He's right out of college. And for all intents and purposes, he's a straight guy. Uh, he likes girls, but then he meets this other guy that he like has this who was openly gay in 1988. Yeah. And the book is actually, I think was written is set in like 1982, maybe mm -hmm. um, it doesn't really say, but that's when he was that age and it's based on his life yeah. and he meets this guy and it's like, Hmm, interesting. Uh, so I guess it's kind of a bisexual story, but I love it. And it, I love Pittsburgh and I went to Carnegie Mellon after the fact, not because of, but it was a bonus. So if you haven't read that, uh, check that out. Um, movies. We haven't been to the movies a lot lately, but I'm trying to think what movies we've watched. Oh, we just watched and I saw it as a kid, but we watched this movie called Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage. It was like his first movie ever. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's now on Amazon. They made a musical version of it a few years ago that was terrible, but this is the original one. I think it's from like 1985. Uh, and I we sat down to watch it and I was like, I know this is going to be bad, but it actually... <laughs> was pretty decent, like a good story. Like she's yeah. from the Valley and he's from the other side of Hollywood and he's a punker and she's like a Valley girl. Yeah. And it's kind of like pretty in pink, the opposite yeah, yeah. track kind of thing. And her friends don't approve. And, um, but that was really good. So if you haven't seen that, which probably no one has, um, Valley girl and uh, podcast. I haven't done a lot of podcasts, but I, I did do, I was a guest on one, called the big gay pod fiction podcast i think it's big gay fiction or maybe it's big gay podcast um and they podcast do a, and it's gay so go they do a lot of off books they 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 support books and authors they're actually authors themselves they write gay romance together oh, awesome. as a couple um so check them out obviously if you're listening to this you already know about this podcast yeah. but um and uh what was that? Was there another one? Music, right? Music. Music. Uh, music. What I'm listening to right now, uh, I did that thing on Spotify where like I let it play through whatever I was listening to and then something else came up. Mm. I discovered uh, a woman. I don't know. I'm assuming it's not her name, but what she records under. It's Griff, G-R-I-F-F. -F. She's mm. this cute little Asian um, woman and she's a lot I think I got turned on to her after listening to Dua Lipa. Mm -hmm. um, and she does a song with a French rapper and I'm very big into French. So I like that. Uh, and then there's another one who came up. Her name is Maisie Peters. And I don't know anything about her, but she has this song about that starts out. I am 20 years old and I still haven't gotten my driver's license. And I just <laughs> thought, yeah, that's it. Cause that's our niece. Uh, we have a niece who's 20 years old and she still doesn't drive. And I don't get it. Cause when I was in high school in the eighties, it was like, I got my driver's license the day I could get my driver's license and had a car and me and my friends were like on the road as quickly as we could. Yeah. Um, but she's fun. Maisie Peters. Uh, and I'm going with our nephews who are 20 and 22 to see a band called Wallows. 
One of the guys is actually yeah. an actor. He was in 13 Reasons Why. Um, Gosh, what is his name? He was just yeah. in Scream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Very handsome. I really like them because they're a very throwback to like... Yes. Um, they actually remind me of a band from the early 2000s called Rooney, but that like California pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite song by them is... Um, I'm going to have to swear if I say this, which I'm a prude, but scrawny motherfucker with a... How dare you? No. <laughs> something, something. Now I can't remember the lyric. I'm, I, it's escaping my mind, but but they're fun, you know? Yeah. And they're, you know, cute boys. I don't like... I mean, I think they're all over 18, so I can say that. I don't they like are. Be, I haven't I don't like before. to be that, that... Yeah. Yeah, I don't like to be that older gay lech. Um, nope. I, yeah. But just good fun. And, and I'm happy because my nephews are at an age now where like, you know, they've always thought I was cool, but like, like I'm more happy to hang out with a 20 and a 22 year old than someone close to my age because everyone my age thinks they're old and they're boring and they can't stay up past, you know, nine o'clock. Yeah, no, they, they are a solid band. I've listened to a couple of their songs and that actor slash lead singer, I cannot think of his name right now, um, but that they are pretty cool. And also some of us, <laughs> I did not get my driver's license until I was forced to because of college. <laughs> because I oh, just no. was not about it. And my grandmother oh. was like, yeah, we can't drive you to and from college. So you're going to need to get your license. Um, and it only took me three times. <laughs> to get it. Well, I do live in the motor city. So you really have to have a car, you know? Yeah. Um, that's true, and that's yeah. the thing, like writing this screenplay, like, her dad drives her to school because she doesn't have a car because she doesn't drive because that's what kids today do. You know? mm-hmm. And then that gives an excuse for her to get a ride with the cute boy when she needs to go somewhere. If she had her own car, like she could drive herself. Yeah. I mean, um, that's one way to look at it. That's smart thinking. Yeah. Uh, before we go, any projects or social media that you want to plug, let folks know where they can find you, not like your home address, but like right. <laughs> where they can find you and your books and everything like that. Well, since it's been so long since we said it, my new book that just came out this week is Renovated to Death, a Depart- Domestic Partners in Crime Mystery. It's book one. Uh, I'm finishing book two now, which is called Rehearsed to Death. That will be out exactly one year from now. Uh, I have the screenplay that I'm adapting to a graphic novel, which hopefully I can get that um, published soon. But, you know, all of my socials are... Most of them are at Frank Anthony Polito, my whole long three names, except Twitter is at F.A. Polito uh, because Frank Anthony Polito is too long and Twitter has a uh, limit. Yeah. Right. And my website is www.frankanthonypolito.com, but really that's just like a picture of me in a bio and some links yeah. to things because who has a website anymore? Um, but I do. I lo- If anyone reads my books or if they haven't read my books, but you want to just follow me and see cute pictures of my dog or see pictures of the house that we've been renovating, because the house we live in is the house that's in the book. So if you read the book, you'll see read a description of my house and then you can see the actual pictures oh, that's awesome. uh, on the social media. Um, we didn't have a lot of the social media 10 years ago when my other books came out 10, 15 years ago. You know, we had Facebook and we even had MySpace. Um, <laughs> But, oh gosh, my space. <laughs> but Instagram is my new thing. There yeah. are so many book. I mean, that's how, how I found you, I believe. Yep. <laughs> you found me. So many bookstagrammers, so many people just celebrating books, celebrating yep. authors, celebrating reading. And they just, and the, the post I've seen, picture of my book, you know, 
woman in a tool belt holding a picture of my book, my book with a hammer and screw, you know, screw gun. Yeah. And like, they're not only are they celebrating books, but they, they're clever, they're artistic, yeah. they're, they take good pictures. It's what it's all about. And I'm just, I'm just really like to hear from people, um, you know, and if anyone said, wants to say hello, I'm so approachable. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, you know, that guy and I'm, you know, I'm not some famous author and that you can't reach out to because, you know, that's, even if I were, I don't think I would do that. Yeah. You know, I, I answer all my own fan mail and, oh. and, and I like it. I like yeah. that. And I made some great people I call friends and, um, and I hope, you know, this book and the next one, and then maybe a third one and maybe a fourth one. Um, I don't know. And it's okay. Getting older, I've realized it's okay to not know. You know a lot for somebody that's 36, right? Yep. We're going to go back. I'll yeah. take it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. I, I feel the same way with folks. That's why I always say new friends, X, Y, and Z. Because um, it's all about relationships, I feel like, these days. So I do thank you so much for taking time chatting with me. I'm excited to read the book. Um, and I will definitely let my opinions be known. Um, but I will. I'm also one <laughs> such a, like... My husband always jokes and was like, people should pay you to advertise their stuff, but I'm one, especially at work. They're like, hey, and I'm like, hey, have you read this book? Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Done that. So I, I'm always like here and I always get the gaze, especially during Pride. <laughs> always the best like, time. Hey, gaze, here's a good book to read. For, and they're like, oh, cool. And I actually have something planned for Pride to actually showcase books and reviews that I write and say here. Now everybody read it. Thanks. Support everybody queer. That'd be great. Um, but again, I do thank you so, so, so much for coming on and chatting with me. Um, it's been a great time and I will keep in contact. And again, thank you so much. Thank you. Happy Pride, every, everyone. Yes, thank you. Now let's talk a little mind renovation while we enjoy... A minute of meditation. Keep good company. That's very true. That is a very, you know, logical thing to do. A very smart thing. Smart, smart thing to do as well. Uh, Work, serve, contribute. Again, another really good thing to keep in mind. Uh, Let's do one more. Find the universal in every particular so good ones. Good three solid ones. Mull that over while we enjoy this week's Meditation Minute. I have a voice of an angel, I know.
another episode of Sunshine Steaming Down. Also, another year of Pride Down. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, whether it be Sassy Pride Meditation. I interviewed some authors, Kiki from 20-somethings, different things like that. Again, shout out to this week's episode, Frank, who, um, again, go check out his book. I put it, I will put it, the link down below where you can find all of his info. And yeah, check it out. We're nominated to death, which is a first in a series. So go do that. Because you know, immediately after summer, which really in my household during the middle of summer, it's spooky season, you know? So a cozy mystery could be a good thing to kick off spooky season. Go from pride to spooky, which is basically my aesthetic. So yeah, you can go follow me also at Sir Steven Rice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Go follow me. That'd be great. I also have a blog where I post here and there and I need to do better at it. And short story, which I also need to be better at. I have it in my mind. I just need to write it. And I'm making these uses, but I promise I will put it out there one day. I promise. <laughs> so thank you again so much. Please uh, leave a review if you have not done so. Uh, if you could share with others that might enjoy it, that really helps me out and I really appreciate it. Stay safe out there. Stay a little, little. I'm so professional. <laughs> Stay safe out there. And until next time, have a fantastic day.